<laughs> harmony is probably my favorite part of all of music theory because it allows us to take something that's as simple as a melody and give it a, a huge amount of extra depth and color just by adding some extra notes. And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy. Can we just layer my voice just a little bit more? <laughs> Shepard, and this is... Mitchell Manley, Tonally Euphonious. Ooh. Okay, you did think about that one. I did, definitely. And I was like, am I going to be able to pull it off? I think you did. And I did. Yeah. Uh, definitely something you can't say five times fast. Tonally Euphonious. Tonally Euphonious. It makes me think of euphoniums. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, how... I guess they generally are harmonious, aren't they? Yeah, they're 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 very bright sounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they're a low instrument, they're very bright sounding. I bet it's so. because they're brassy. Yeah, they're brassy. Or what? Yeah. <laughs> or as as uh, everybody likes to call them, tubas. 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 Tubas in the baritone. Mm-hmm. This week is uh, pretty much like a celebration to your ears. Yeah, definitely this, vocal harmonies. Yeah, this I just is, love them so much. This is really just like, hey, what's vocal harmonies? That's yeah. a good one for. I mean, because I feel like you know a lot more. about about like the actual construction of music and how harmonies happen and all yeah, that. Yeah, they're very important to me and like I don't know, I, I just have a, a a predilection for them, I think. Like the woo woos, the wah wahs, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes songs so much better to me. So, so it I mean there's they're part of the science of making a good song. Mm-hmm. What did you bring this week? I'm gonna start us off with a band called Big Jesus and the song is called Lock and Key. kind of falls into that thunder pop category that I've referenced before. Their sound kind of mixes shoegaze and stoner rock with lots of pop sensibilities, especially with the vocal harmonies. Uh, the singer kind of stays in a fairly high vocal range, which makes his vocals very breezy and emotive. And the harmonies really help like tug at the heartstrings and infini- emphasize the lyrics. I like infinitize. Infinitize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also love how they accentuate the structure of the song as well. Like the harmonies only come in on the second half of each phrase in the verses. Uh, it kind of makes the the verses ebb and flow and breathe a little bit. Uh, and then the harmonies are just in full effect in the choruses, which pushes the energy to the max, makes it much more dramatic shift in tone uh, whenever it drops back down to the more subdued parts, like the guitar solos that are just like bass and drums as the really heavy rhythm section and just very little sparse guitar, you know. Uh, I have to admit that this particular record's kind of hit or miss as far as song quality goes. I think there was... Three or four songs that I just thought were amazing, and the other ones just kind of were filler. But I do know that they just put out a new record, too, and I'm very curious to hear it. So you guys should check out the rest of Big Jesus and tell me what you think. How many people are pissed at their name? Yeah, I'm sure that they caught some... Uh, some flack? Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, worse Jesus bands to be... 
pad, though. Yeah. I think it is super unexpected to have, like, such soft and smooth vocals over these guitars, and it's, like, this super welcome dichotomy. The instruments, as you were saying, the instruments and vocals really do move together, and yet, again, you have, like, brought a beautifully mixed song. Yeah. Like, this... Would not be possible without, like, just the perfect yeah, mix. Yeah, you're right. Because otherwise it could be just absolutely chaotic sounding in your ears. And almost, I can imagine, like, a bad mix would make this unpleasant to listen to. But right now it's perfect. Uh, the instrumental breakdown does allow so much room to grow and go somewhere instead of going balls to the wall like right. guitars. Um, it also reminds me of some of the best of the early 2000s pop punk for some reason. But smoother. I'm sure you know why it sounds like Yeah, a I was pop just going to say, it's it's his vocal range is very... Uh, vulnerable. I, I, I don't want to affix gender to it, but maybe traditionally more effeminate sounding or Actually, whatever you want to... I got excited because you brought like Big Jesus and I'm listening to it and I was like, oh, it's a band led by a lady. Right, <laughs> yeah. It does sound a little bit, but you know, it's just that higher, more vulnerable, breezy voice and like a lot of emo bands and early pop punk bands had singers that weren't afraid to, you know, uh, exhibit that vulnerability in their vocals. So. Which I love so much. I brought Wallow's si- sidelines. I see you laughing on the sidelines. I think about it at the wrong times. I see you laughing on the sidelines. Who you'll be taking with you I think this counts. I'm pretty sure these are harmonies. There's, There's something there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of layering, and I adore, adore when a masculine voice sings a bit higher, yeah. much like your song. I think this is also a great song because it doesn't have a lot of the maliciousness of post-breakup songs normally sung by men. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is about the end of the relationship, the regret of being the one who broke it off, and then the self-realization that... Indeed, they are different, and I'm longing for a different person who doesn't exist anymore, and um, I'm pretty sure that this particular song is wearing its influences on its sleeves, but I don't know what these influences are. I just don't know. (laughs) It sounds pretty familiar, though, and it was a relatively recent song, so I got excited about it. Yeah, definitely love the layering in this one as well. Uh, You get the subtle harmonies that kind of ride along with the main vocal for the whole song, and they get progressively more focused and present as the song plays out. Uh, but you also get the counter melodies that kind of pop up in a sort of call and response with certain phrases. Uh, it's a very fun and creative way to incorporate harmonic content without overpowering the melody uh, that you get from the lead vocal. Um, you know, in selecting songs for the episode, I tried to pick songs <laughs> that like really lay the harmonies on thick, which is something that I love. But I think this one's actually a good study in how like subtle use of harmonies can add that necessary dimension and excitement without having to draw focus away from a catchy melody, which is also very important to a good song. Yeah, and I've, I don't think I've heard uh, of Wallows. A good pop song, at least. Yeah, I haven't heard of Wallows before, so I was like... Yeah, I don't like, think I have either. What is Wallows? I hope it's wallowing in some good <laughs> harmonies. And yeah. then I went down and... 
down into like the hole of like YouTube, you know, and checking stuff out. And then like, I even genius lyric looked up. <laughs> Yay. Uh, everybody's laid it on thick this week. Yeah. Uh, especially Jeremy Scott hit us with a whole bunch, which uh-huh. I appreciate. We might have to let him have a, <laughs> an episode to himself one day. Right. Just to like bring in some songs. But yeah. We got tons from other so- folks too. I think uh, this is another one that we could have had multiple weeks, maybe if uh, if the ear buddies are in for it in a few months, maybe we'll bring back part two. Oh, for sure. There's so many like songs to choose from. And of course, uh, I saw that you were going to just try to make this a whole low episode. Yeah, I thought about it, <laughs> but I decided I'd spare you. I, maybe uh, I've, I, I keep talking about maybe doing some solo episodes that we can keep in the can yeah. just in case we get lazy one week. You maybe mean, I'll have to do one of those. You mean like where I'm just sleeping? Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John S. is the first of our ear buddies this week, and he brings Animal Collective's Who Could Win a Rabbit. says hard to believe this is just two dudes is it just two dudes i thought it was three dudes um over the course of their their career they've added and and got rid of members but the core member is uh it's panda bear and av tear it's two people it's so cute yeah panda bear yeah sorry uh i freaking love animal collective so um well you stole my idea totally because i was gonna (laughs) go with the the one with the adobe house adobe the my you know, girls. Yeah, my girls. Uh, there's so much enjoyment in their harmonies and just the fun that they have making music that I never even looked up the lyrics, so I have no idea what this is about. It just gives me so much joy, um, especially, like, I kind of did sneak in there, and it does mention rabbits and, like, oh, if we, like, if we could win a rabbit or something like that, and I'm like, maybe it's referencing, like, 19th century England lottery of a rabbit, so it's like, hey, you don't have to work so hard if you get a rabbit. Yeah, it could yeah, be. Maybe. I don't know. I'm maybe making just stuff up. weird psychobabble word soup, which is a lot of what they do. Although I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some sort of significance to a lot of it. But. I had to figure out where the rabbits came in. And I was like, there's habits and there's rabbits. Right. So that's as far as I got. Yeah, this song, uh, this song is actually the one that kind of helped me understand and appreciate Animal Collective. You know, I remember uh, hearing their name a bunch after they passed, uh, after they released their album called Merryweather Post Pavilion, which Amy has pulled out of her CD collection and, and shown me her street cred for <laughs> I, owning it. I'm trying to be hardcore. Yeah, so that came out like 2009. I heard their name a bunch and like I listened to it and it's just this folksy, psychedelic, but also experimental and electronic record and it would go from being very hippie and happy to like strange and abrasive at the drop of a hat even within a single song so even though i loved weird and eclectic music i just didn't get it um and i just you know i just couldn't find that crux to latch on to i didn't have the rosetta stone to like fully comprehend where they're coming from but then whenever i got this album which is called sung tongs uh i heard this track i think it's like track two 
and everything just clicked. I was able to like quit focusing so much on the weird sampling and the abnormal atmosphere and learn to focus instead on the ridiculously complex harmonies and vocal arrangements that are the real star of the music. Uh, I know our thread also included some songs from Panda Bear, who's Aww. one of the main brains behind Animal Collective. So cute. Uh, his solo albums rival even the Beach Boys for intricate harmonies. Uh, so between Animal Collective and Panda Bear's solo career, harmony heaven. And also Panda Bears. Panda Bears. Panda Bears. So I like cute. Panda Bears. They're, They're so, so cute. They're so cute. But if I liked the zoo more, I'd go more. Yeah. <laughs> so Craig brings Ian Matthews' Seven Bridges Road. Now I super hymn-like um it's got this it just starts out with vocal harmonies it's amazing it's a slow build-up where it just vocals layered upon themselves and then it takes so much vocal strength to pull this song off and this is an older song so it's not like they just auto-tuned it into being good uh the instrumental break is so pretty and i have no idea what instruments i'm pretty sure there's guitars and i don't know there's a mandolin in there that that's what that's what that thing is that's so pretty uh now I'm just gonna go through a little uh, mental break through a field and I'll yeah. be back. <laughs> so yeah, my my introduction to this song was actually the version done by the Eagles. I know my mom posted the Eagles version, and our ear buddy Sean Mullins also acknowledged that even though he hates the Eagles, uh, that their version is undeniable. Uh, you know, I figured it wasn't an Eagles original, I, but I had never heard the Ian Matthews version before this. Um, and he's also not the original songwriter either, but his his version did. Uh, have the five-part harmonies for the first time and so there's not only great harmonies but also brilliant movement within the harmonies so not only are you getting notes in parallel harmony like chords moving in a block you also get shifting harmonies where some words are holding their notes while harmonies shift and alter the chord in like really interesting ways Uh, i knew from the moment that we agreed on this theme that this song would get submitted and that i would without without a doubt include it in the selections Uh, we got plenty of great harmonies from other (laughs) ear buddies this week but, I mean, you can't be any more on the nose than this. Just, yeah. like, harmonies all the way. It's a harmony that boops you on the nose. Right, it does. It's so cute. It's, just, it's I brilliant. Like it. It's so pretty. I I don't, I'm sure I've heard the Eagles version, but I cannot pull it out of my head. I don't know. I, like I mean, it's good. Version. They were very faithful to it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, this one it does have a little bit more soul, I think. Ooh. Joshua T. brings, low. that's how you sing Amazing Grace.
says almost any low song could work but my favorite in terms of harmonic counterpoint is this one actually still pretty shocked this isn't an entirely low show yeah you're lucky it, <laughs> almost, it, it came very close um it's just absolutely mind-blowing and really i am so appreciative of the introduction to the punk band that was so punk that they went the complete opposite yeah, exactly. way <laughs> the slow unfolding of a song that just really takes it time yeah. takes its time and it's just beautiful and you know I'm not generally like a huge fan of like long songs, but this one doesn't make you feel like it's a long song. This isn't a fish song. Right. So you're not feeling the time, but you're just like experiencing it kind of like blooming. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we've brought up the, the phrase mood oriented music a lot in the last several episodes, uh, definitely applies for low, you know, they build an atmosphere and, and you just soak in it. Um, you know, again, the moment we agreed on this theme, I knew that if no one else brought low, I was definitely going to, uh, and thanks to Joshua and Jacques, I didn't have to expend a slot to ensure the low made it onto the podcast this week. Um, low has the harmonies between male and female, uh, voices, uh, which kind of makes them sound very lush and fills out the sonic spectrum in a way that you don't often get with just one or the other. Uh, they're also experts at taking the harmonies up a notch in various ways. Um, aside from that note shift trickery that I talked about from the last song, another trick is how long they're able to hold out their mm-hmm. notes. They just have these massive lungs, apparently. It's like um, gut breathing. Yeah, yeah. Their songs are all often very slow, and where another artist might like hold their notes for a comfortable duration and then let the music breathe in between phrases, Low holds out those harmonies until the very last second, just saturates the sound with this intensity and tension, and like it just keeps their words and harmonies at, at the focal point of their music. Um, another example, which was posted in this thread, uh, is their song Over the Ocean. Uh, Alan Sparhawk sings in, in a falsetto, hitting that range normally reserved for female vo- voices. Mimi Parker takes the lower, huskier range, which might otherwise only be occupied by deeper male voices. And that inversion and like Lowe's ability to pull that sort of thing off just gives them a very unique edge up over your standard pop harmonies. Uh, so it's no wonder why I love them so much. <laughs> exactly they're just i'm i had never heard of them before oh man i I should just burn all their cds for you and just i think you'd love them honestly seeing as like my ska mix won't work anymore right yeah Yeah. we'll have to reburn that one too just (laughs) for grins (laughs) lots of mustard plug uh susan brings allison chains got me wrong It may be unsurprising to everyone, but yeah, I'm totally unfamiliar with Allison Chains. I thought they were much heavier than very obviously they are because 
there's chains in their name. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting whiffs of where like Nirvana got its sound for sure. Uh, I had no idea this would be so melodic, harmon- harmonious, and it's just not noisy. It's really not noisy. They're very layered. And dang, I really should have thought it, it wasn't like loud, loud, loud all the time. And I, I don't know. They'd have loud, loud, loud songs, right? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got some powerful rock songs, but even those are kind of groove oriented you know they're like they're uh they're not death metal band or anything but didn't the Alice chicken die or something a rooster yeah they okay uh they they come to snuff the rooster but he ain't gonna die is is, is the point of that song i know but didn't wasn't there a rooster at some point in some stage show that didn't do well possibly could okay. be okay okay um <laughs> so yeah no, no conversation about harmonies in rock music is complete without bringing up alice in chains and susan happened to pick one of my absolute favorite examples uh their singer lane staley and the guitarist jerry cantrell had voices that blended in such a perfect and unique way uh where whose voice was whose uh was all often indistinguishable because their their voices were so complementary of one another Uh, This song in particular, specifically in the chorus, it not only has that shifting harmony thing that I keep talking about, um, but it also has another one of my favorite harmonic devices where some notes are ascending in pitch, like getting higher, and then the harmony note is descending, getting lower in pitch. And that movement in opposite directions sort of like bifurcates your brain (laughs) and makes this really unique sounding chord suspension. Uh, And in a time when harmonies were just seen as like an incidental flourish to your songs, Alice in Chains was using them as an integral element to their song, to their sound. And uh, I think that degree of intentionality is part of what set them apart in a sea of Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots clones. Yeah. I think they came out contemporary to Nirvana and they were all just kind of feeding off of okay. each other. But uh, yeah, they, they definitely uh, were, you know, making their own sort of, yeah, yeah their own the, sort of sound within that. I think I have to ask, I thought Alice in Chains was Iggy Pop in there. No, that's, you're, you, you might be thinking of the Stooges. I don't know band. why I thought Alice in Chains and Iggy Pop. Were. Yeah, no. Do you see how well I researched? Quite all right. <laughs> Sorry. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. Nobody make fun of me. Maybe a few people make fun of her. They will, but I mean, I did think Iggy Pop was Alice in Chains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy S. brought the birds. Have you seen her face? Run by, don't turn back. Can't hide from that look in her eyes. Must be the way she walks. A style made up to capture all she needs. No time spent on loose talk. If your luck runs right, she might see you tonight. Everything inside. Run by, don't turn back. Can't hide from that look in her I learned a lot about this sort of thing from David Crosby. This is pretty much a recipe for my liking of a song. 
Uh, it's a good jangly guitar and some harmonies, and you can hum along in the car and enjoy the heck out of some like slightly goofy dancing. It's like not too fast, like an old school rock and roll song, but not a sit down song. There's swe- uh, there's swaying, definitely some like finger snapping going, maybe some of the arm thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really just an enjoyable song. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah, as, as Jeremy said, I too learned a lot about the subject of vocal harmonies from David Crosby, and I chose this song to kind of act as an exemplar and a touchstone for the litany of great harmonies that he and his bandmates have contributed to popular music. Uh, his work here with the Birds was an early example of using vocal harmonies as a foundational aspect of their overall sound, as opposed to just using harmonies in a supportive role to a singular vocalist. Uh, and of course, he went on to form Crosby, Stills, and Nash, who had uh, one or two songs submitted this week as well. Uh, And that featured Graham Nash, uh, previously of the band The Hollies, who were also highlighted in this week's thread. Uh, Add Crosby's solo albums to the list, uh, along with the record that David Crosby and Graham Nash released as a duo, and then pepper in their involvement singing backup for folks like Jackson Brown and Pink Floyd's David Gilmore, who was also posted in the thread this week. Uh, it's hard to understate how much influence David Crosby had in the world of vocal harmonies. Like, a tremendous influence. But I hear that Neil Young did not get a shout out in any of that. Yeah, you're right. I, I do love Neil Young. And he has some some interesting harmonies in a lot of his stuff, too. But, you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I do love that CSNY record. I think he, I think they put out two with him on yeah. it. Yeah. And then there's Tron. I just think of, like, how weird Tron was. And that was one of the first songs I think I heard of yeah. Neil Young. And way back at the beginning of this um, this podcast, I was like, oh, this is weird. I mean, I love Neil Young. He's also a huge influence. But, you know, David Crosby and Graham Nash, they're the ones who are really known for the harmonies. With the, the harmonies. Uh, ben brings, mm, feels so good, Beach Boys, All I Want to Do. The Beach Boys sort of rolled out an early piece of proto dream pop shoecase with this one. True. That was a lot of words in a very short amount of space. Um, it's the Beach Boys. So I grew up on this and it probably built a lot of my taste in music. I love the Beach Boys. It's just so many harmonies and just across all of it. The vocal interest, intricacies going on, the swelling into and out of notes. It's just... Also really lovely, and really, this song just speaks for itself without me having to, like, really try to explain what makes it good. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, the swelling into and out of notes that you mentioned is a very important thing to highlight. Yeah. Um, all the members of Beach Boys, and, and, and probably influenced by Brian Wilson himself, just had incredible vocal control. And so not only 
are the you know the note choice brilliant, but also the delivery of the notes so is just good. yeah perfect. Um, so yeah, more than anyone else on the list, including including David Crosby, no one has done more for the art of vocal harmonies than Brian Wilson. Uh, I wouldn't have to conduct a single interview to tell you factually and decisively <laughs> that every other artist on today's list was influenced by Brian Wilson. Uh, amongst my generation, the Beach Boys are kind of seen as a sort of oldies artifact and reduced to their poppy hits about girls and muscle cars and surfing, but Brian Wilson was a brilliant songwriter and arranger, and throughout their career, the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson did a lot of experimentation well outside of the traditional pop music. Uh, their album Pet Sounds explored a lot of darker themes and used a lot of interest, interesting instrumentation, including horns and strings and uh, synths and theremin. Oh, the theremin. Yeah, so, you know, without a doubt, bands like Animal Collective are heavily influenced by the experimentations on Pet Sounds. And then this album, which was called Sunflower, kind of continued to subtly blur the edges. Uh, and like Ben pointed out, this song in particular seems very prototypical of like shoegaze bands and dream pop that would kind of come about in the late 80s. Uh, the music and the production of this song has that hazy psychedelic feel to it, and the harmonies just make it this beautiful joyride. But as the song progresses, the effects kind of start to take over the vocals as well. And then it ends with the chorus vocals being ran through a delay. So you hear the main <laughs> melody with the subtle harmonies. And then a split second later, you hear the echo of just the harmonies, which just sounds like the clouds opening up and angels <laughs> beaming you up through the clouds into heavenly bliss. Uh, yeah, Bri Brian Wilson's simply the best. Couldn't think of a more fitting selection to round out the Ear Buddies this week. It's so Thank good. you, Ben. So good. How can we like tweet at yo? So I'll be at Pow I Gotcha on I'm, Twitter. <laughs> I'm at Madam Wolle, and the show, of course, is at Andy Pod. It's always a good source for for intermittent gifs or gifs. <laughs> uh, the Facebook group is Earbuds and Earrings Podcast Group, where pretty much just go through and listen. Yeah, you you guys should definitely just uh, pay attention to all the songs, make a playlist. Yeah, just set it up and like make a playlist, and then you can just do stuff throughout your house. Listening to all the harmonies wash over you. Uh, the voicemail line is 731-400-BDS or... 731-400-2837. And you can always email the show, endpod at gmail.com. And you can find the show online, endpod.com, part of the 10710 Network. What's going to round out our show today? All right, I'm going to leave us with a band called The Meishi, and the song is called The Book of Numbers. Uh, the Meishi is a band that I've brought once before. Uh, we had them closing out episode 106 about songs that brighten your day. Sure enough, I hope their harmonies brighten <laughs> your day once again. Uh, this one's very simple and direct, like electro-indie pop song. Uh, but since the band had like seven or eight members, it's just an army of voices singing in unison, harmonies in multiple octaves. Uh, it's short and to the point, so be sure to savor every second of harmonious joy in the Meishi's Book of Numbers.
Destruction for